You're now listening to the Audible Sanctuary that delves into the transformative power of embracing the more tender aspects of femininity. I'm your host, Dale Pasco, committed to making the allure of gentleness irresistible and showing you that it's safe to live in the soft side of womanhood. Hey guys, welcome back to She's So Soft. What's up? What's up? What's up? I'm so grateful that y'all are tuning in yet again. I didn't get to look at the analytics, so I'm not sure if any new people or places have been added to the map. But if so, hello, I will acknowledge y'all next time. So as y'all know, we always do our affirmations before we get into every episode. So let's go ahead and say those and do not forget to keep these on hand, just in case you need them in the near future. All right. I understand my worth and that I cannot be responsible for another person's happiness or choices. Although I cannot fully prevent harm from others, I set boundaries and honor what I've put in place. I find my peace in the loving embrace of God and making good decisions, not the actions of others. I release myself from the burdens of trying to fix, control, or manipulate the life and decisions of others. I am a woman of strength, grace, and wisdom, embracing the truth that I can't be anyone's peace. So go ahead, write those down, speak them often, and remember they're most effective when applied with action. So again, I'm extremely happy that you made it back to the soft side of womanhood. Of course, I'm recording this a little earlier than you're going to hear it, but I just had to mention how quick October flew by. Like it came, popped its head in and said, all right, I'll see y'all next year. This this month or yeah, this month flew by so dang fast. It's like I just blinked and we're already in November But amazingly, it was a very great and impactful month for me. I hope the same for you. I grew through a lot of things. Um, I let go of a few things. I overcame some challenges. I sat with myself a lot more than usual. And I sit with myself often. But this month, it seemed like I was really in a place of just enjoying me and resting. So I wasn't really gung-ho and getting a lot done and getting a lot out. I actually cleared my schedule a lot. And I definitely recommend that sometimes, like just chilling, clearing your schedule and giving your mind a break. I tend to do a lot. I go pretty hard throughout the year. So it's usually around this time that I find myself kind of pulling back a little bit so that I can propel forward. So that was amazing. Um, I went ahead and made a plan for 2024. Of course, I don't wait until the next year to um, start working on that year. I start working on it months in advance. And, you know, one of my highlights for October was ministering at the Woman Who Wore Retreat, hosted by my good friend, Prophetess Joy, here in Tampa. It was absolutely phenomenal. And everything I didn't know I needed, I was expecting to, you know, go pour of course, mingle with the ladies and head back home. But the atmosphere was so peaceful, so inviting, so relaxing, just very engaging. I enjoyed the laughter. I enjoyed um, the testimonies, you know, the cries, 
everything. It was absolutely, absolutely amazing. I kept telling her that that was the first time I actually went to a retreat and felt rested when I left. A lot of times I, you know, attend different retreats. Even when I'm not working the retreat, I attend retreats. And when I leave, I feel like I need a retreat from that retreat, which is crazy to me. So I really love the fact that she considered people actually getting rest and not feeling overwhelmed with activities. And when I left, I didn't need to come home and take naps for days, even though I was pouring out throughout the weekend and praying and stuff like that. Like I felt very rested. So again, thank you so much for that. Um, So looking, the days ahead are looking very amazing and I'm in great expectation for all of it. I host something called the Jumpstart every year. So I want to put this invitation out because it's going to be shared next week. We get together for 31 days in December, every day of December at five o'clock in the morning. And we read a book, we pray, we journal, we have conversations, you know, we talk, we do a lot. And this year it's going to be a little different. I will drop the details. So I'm not going to put them all here now, but just be on the lookout for that so that you can join the Jumpstart and Jumpstart your 2024 if this is something you desire to do. Also, don't forget to head over to the Womanhood Academy on Facebook and Instagram and follow us there so that you can stay in the loop of upcoming events, um, travel engagements that we have coming up, and just different lives. We're going to start going live again. Myself and some different women are going to start going live and just pouring into those that are on our online communities. So now that we're entering season two of the podcast, this is actually the last episode of season one. I have a surprise starting next week. I'm not going to share on here either. It's better for me to show it than actually tell it. So next week, you will see that surprise and know exactly what it is. And I'll probably mention it on the podcast next week, just so you can know where to find that surprise. I'm trying not to say too much. So we're going to go ahead and get into the episode for this week. And um, I'm going to start off with a Facebook post that I shared probably a few months ago. I can't remember when, but it doesn't really matter. I'm going to share this since we're talking about you not being any man's peace. And as we you know, go through this conversation or this topic, don't just even think about not being a man's peace, but even the piece of other people that you're in a relationship with, people on the street, um, associates, friends, any of that. This can apply to so many different relationships and different dynamics. So keep your mind open for that and know that this can be applied to it all. This was a very important topic for me to tackle because I see posts often encouraging women to be a man's peace or women saying, oh, I just want to be his peace, but you don't have the ability to be anybody's peace. I'll get into this first and then we'll break this down. So you don't have the ability to be anybody's peace. You can introduce peace to them. You can even help their lives become more peaceful, but you don't have the capacity to be peace to anyone. Some people are committed to living in a state of turmoil, confusion, and anxiousness. No matter how peaceful you try to be, some people just won't get it. They have to agree with peace on their own. And some people will yell all day that they want peace, but the reality is that they don't. They'll run you around until you're totally depleted of the peace you're trying to give them. When you think you can be someone's peace, 
you set yourself up to be abused in more ways than one, many times mentally and emotionally. You'll put up with things that you know you shouldn't be dealing with, all while hoping that all of your deposits will one day be cashed out, all while they're making unlimited withdrawals from you. It's okay to love someone. It's okay to want someone to be better. It's okay to be a breath of fresh air and a peaceful person, but being their peace is impossible. Lastly, peace is a person in the name of Jesus, and without him, true internal resolve is null and void. So one of the verses that came to mind when I wrote that post was Second Thessalonians 3 and 16 in the Passion Translation. And it said, Now may the Lord himself, the Lord of peace, pour into you his peace in every circumstance and in every possible way. The Lord's tangible presence be with you all. So being that this is a faith-based podcast centered around Jesus Christ, um, everything I talk about is always going to be from principles of the Bible and the truth of who I know God to be to me in my life. And one thing that I've come to understand and know is that it's impossible to truly live in a peaceful state when you are not connected to your Lord and Savior. And there's levels of peace that we can attain or experience or live in, but the fullness of peace is not experienced or um received until we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So while we go through this episode, I have quite a bit over here that I have written down, so I don't know how long it's going to last, but um, just keep that in mind that you have to be really intentional when it comes to maintaining the peace in your life and not trying to be peace to someone else. So I remember being in, you know, a certain relationship and trying so hard to be someone's peace. And I never really said that I wanted to be their peace. When I look back at my actions and even looking at their actions and to what I was trying to accomplish in said relationship, I realized that I was trying to maintain a sense of control in order to bring them to a state of peace so that we could eventually work out. And I realize a lot of women do this, and I'm pretty sure a lot of men do it too. I've actually seen a lot of men, usually ones who are being abused, try to walk on eggshells in order to help their said wife or girlfriend or whoever come to a state of peace. But when somebody lives in turmoil or when their soul is so full of turmoil and trauma that's unaddressed, or they're just so prideful that they don't care to deal with their internal issues, it doesn't matter what you do for them externally. It's not going to change them internally unless they make up in their mind that they want to change and they want to work with someone to help them to get that change and to live a more peaceable life. There's nothing that you can do when somebody's mind is made up that they want to live in a disastrous state. Absolutely nothing. And I've been in a place where I was trying to be so peaceful to someone who was not doing the work on their own soul. And as a result of that, my peace was hindered. And 
I was in a place of torment and I felt like I was getting destroyed because I'm trying so hard to be something to someone that I really didn't have the capacity to be for them. Although I knew how to, you know, do certain things for people and to love greatly and to push people through and to help them. It's like I had the capacity, but for that person, I didn't have the capacity. So you have to understand that just because you can does not mean that you should. Just because you have the ability to do something for someone does not mean that you should. And it doesn't make you selfish. It doesn't mean that you're being, you know, evil. It doesn't mean that you're withholding goods and stuff like that. It means that you're choosing wisdom and knowing where to cast your pearls. The Bible talks about casting pearls to swine. You don't give something so precious to something that will just trample over it. A pig does not understand the significance or the value or the worth of a pearl. A pig does not know what you had to do to get that pearl. They can sit and watch you dig for pearls and swim to the bottom of the ocean to get these oysters and clean the pearls out and do all of this work, but they'll still get that pearl and trample over it. And some of you are in relationships where you are doing work in front of someone. You're taking care of your body. You're starting to take care of your soul. You're starting to do the necessary work to be a better person in front of this other individual. And they see you collecting pearls, collecting the pearls of your life, and you're casting it to them and they're trampling over the very thing that you worked so hard to receive. And when you really come to a state of loving yourself, you no longer give something so precious to someone who is undeserving. One thing that I've learned is everybody is not deserving. And I think we spoke about this a few episodes back. Everybody is not deserving of the same level of access to your life. And I like to not mention the same level of access to your heart because I truly believe that our hearts should remain in God's hand and God's hand alone. Not our spouse's hand, not our children's hands, not even in our own hands, not our associate's hands, nobody's hands, but in God's hand. And he allows or God will teach us and show us what parts to open up to people. But it doesn't mean we place our hearts in their hand. When you place your heart in the hand of man, they'll never really tend to it the right way because nobody has the capacity to really um, care for your heart the way that God does. The Bible says that we're not to put our trust in man, but in God, in the Lord. And so what I received from that is um, also understanding the importance of the beauty of guarding my heart. The only way that I'm really able to fully guard my heart is making sure the one who created my heart is holding my heart and guarding it and teaching me how to guard it appropriately. But when you take something so precious and you put it in the hand of someone who was created just like you, they may have days where they, you know, handle your heart with care. And then they have days where they totally trample on it. So that's how I know that the heart is something your mind, your soul, that is something that you don't give to man. However, you love them from that and you allow love to enter you from them. But you have to be intentional with guarding it so that you're not receiving everything and you're not giving everything to the wrong person. Everybody doesn't have the capacity to give to you either. There are some people who try to love you, but their definition of love or their outlook of love, their view of love is totally tainted. And so when they try to love you because they're so used to seeing their mom and father fight and love to them is 
you know, beating up on their spouse and then giving them a gift later, that's not true love. That's their definition of love. So everybody doesn't have the capacity to love you. And that's not love at all, actually. But being that we live in a in a state in a time where um, people have their own definition of things, some people define love as abuse that is gifted later. You have to come to truly understand and know what love is, who love is, what love looks like, what it does in order to even open yourself up to being loved completely. And I can't remember exactly what episode we, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about it on love yourself the way you want them to love you and never giving someone the responsibility of making you feel loved. Even in marriages and friendships, when it comes to your children or you loving your children, we have to be careful that we're not trying to force people to make us feel loved. Again, if you are set on being a victim or you're set on feeling like nobody loves you, nobody cares about you, everybody's always out to get you, or, you know, woe is me and pity parties and, you know, you host pity parties, you attend pity parties, you throw pity parties for other people, there's not much people can really bring to you to help you to feel loved. You have to make the decision to allow the Lord to love you, to allow love in. There's been plenty of times, and I spoke about it before on that episode, where God was saying, you know, you have to allow me to love you because I've been doing this. You can't say I don't love you because I'm showing you my love here. I'm simply pouring my love out to you, but because you won't allow yourself to fully receive it, you keep saying that you don't think that I love you, but that's not true. There are people around you who are actually loving you and loving you purely, but because you're not giving yourself the permission to be loved, you're living in a pitiful state and saying that nobody loves you. And then you're looking for someone to be your peace or you're connecting to someone trying to be their peace. And if they, again, don't understand what love is or what love should look like, then you're going to run yourself ragged trying to be peace to someone who doesn't even know who peace is. Peace is a person first. So going to that, it's crazy how we can get in these different relationships and try to control the actions of other people or be to someone what they won't even allow God to be to them. How can you be peace to someone who does not know peace? How can you be peace to someone who, when they get in peaceful situations, they do everything possible to sabotage it. I've had relationships with people, you know, friends, um, where I know they were used to turmoil. And I've been in situations myself where I was so used to chaos and turmoil that when things were going peacefully, I intentionally tried to find ways to sabotage it, not knowingly, like subconsciously, I'm trying to sabotage things. So things are going really good and I'm praying and I'm asking God, God, allow this to work out. God, do this. God, move like this. God, teach me how to do this. God, move me here. God, push me here. God, connect me to this person. And then when he starts moving on my behalf and doing things, I subconsciously start pulling back. I retreat and not realizing that I'm sabotaging peace being erected in my life and running back to torment. And so you want to be really careful with not trying to control the actions of others or even trying to allow other people to control you. You want to be really intentional with making sure that 
you don't get in relationships with trying to take on new projects. I was listening to someone, was it Daisha? I think I was listening to, I think Daisha said it. I'm not sure. But taking on projects, you're not getting in relationships to build. No, 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 it wasn't Daisha. It was actually this lady on, well, hey, Daisha. It wasn't her. It was this lady on TikTok or Instagram, I don't know. But she was talking about how women get with men and they take on projects. Like you are not Bob, a builder. That's not who you are. You're not supposed to be getting with people trying to um, force them to become something. Y'all should work together. But a lot of times we see these men and even women or whatever, and we notice that they have anger issues or we notice, you know, they like to fight or we notice that, you know, they're horrible with money. We notice that they're doing X, Y, and Z. And you try to become everything to force them into their potential. One thing I tell women often is stop falling in love with the potential of a man because just because he has potential does not mean he's actually living in that potential or out of that potential. Doesn't mean he's even trying to make that potential a reality. If he's comfortable with where he's at, leave him where he's at. Until you see somebody or see this person fully walking in what they have the potential to become, Leave them alone. And I'm not saying they have to be fully perfect because none of us are perfect. We're all still, you know, out living out our potential. But until you see him making the necessary steps to live a purposeful life, leave him alone. There were guys I used to talk to that had potential. And before I got saved, I was real good. I saw guys who had potential, but I did not care that you had potential. I don't care if you talk about the fact that you have a dream to run a Fortune 500 company and have 15,000 people working under you. If you're still living with your mom and you need everybody else's card to get around and every day when you see that you're not even making steps towards this reality, you're not getting up. You're just laying in the bed every day. You have no vision. It's like you hear what you want to do and you say what you want to do and you quote unquote have a vision, but you're not living a visioned life. That's totally different than the person, than the man over here who says, hey, I want to have this company. I want to have these employees. And right now I'm doing this, this and this to make sure this happens. Like it doesn't look like that now, but it's going to become that. Yeah, I may be working at Target. I may be catching the bus, but at least you're doing something. At least you're, you see where you're trying to go and you're making the steps to get there. But a lot of times women will see these men who quote unquote have potential, but really aren't even living in that. And they'll be like, okay, well, we can do this. I can do this. I can stop going to school and give you money for my job to make sure you do this. And he just wastes everything that you have. He takes again, those pearls and he casts them, like he tramples them under his feet. And then over years, you're trying to figure out why you're so drained, why you're so tired, because you've given so much to someone who doesn't understand the value of what you possess or even your worth. So you have to be really intentional with not trying to control the actions of other people, men, friends, parents, whoever. When people really want it, they will go after it. That's one thing I've learned. If you want to, you will. If you don't want to, you're not going to. You cannot fight against somebody's actions and what they're showing you. They can say all day, you know, I have this action or I have this idea. I have this dream. I really want to do this, but I can't do it. When you really want to do something, you'll find a way to make it a reality. I've worked with people who told me, hey, I really want to start this business or I want to start this ministry. And 
their excuse after the third time that we've met is, oh, nobody helped me. What do you mean nobody helped you? If you really want to, you will. Nobody helped you. If they don't help you, so what? Find a way to make it happen. Like stop living as an excuse maker every single day of your life. If you want something to happen, make it happen. So with that being said, you have to be intentional with these men that you attract or that you connect to or even relationships that you're building, that people are actually living out that potential and not just saying that they have potential but aren't putting any work in and making sure that you're not becoming Baba Builder to men who don't really want to become anything emotionally, mentally, physically, anything like that. If you see that his emotions are all all over the place, you cannot be the one who gets them in line. It doesn't matter, again, how peaceful you are to this individual. If they are set on having a mind that's all over the place, their mind is going to stay all over the place. If they are set on getting angry every time and not having common sense or not even common sense because that's not common, but being intentional with their thoughts and doing conflict resolution and doing the internal work to make sure they're better. It doesn't matter what you do, how much work you do on yourself, what you present to them. If they don't want to change, they're not going to change. If they want to, then they will. But if they don't, they won't. So we have to stop making excuses for people and saying, well, I know they want to do this and they said they've wanted to do this. And I know that he has the potential. I know he has a desire. If he really had the desire to live out that potential, he would be making steps to do it. But if he's so set on living a chaotic life, there's no amount of peace that you can give to this person or present to this person to pull them into a peaceful state. Only God himself can do that. Only God can do that. And you're not God. So with not controlling their actions, you have to pull yourself out of being Holy Spirit Jr. And be careful to not just do good to people so that they no longer harm you. That was a part of our affirmations. One of the affirmations was, where is it at? Although I cannot fully prevent harm from others, I set boundaries and honor what I put in place. Sometimes we try so hard to be good to people because we're trying to do whatever's necessary to eliminate all hurt. We're trying to create such a safe space in our world to where we can't be hurt. There have been times when I've crossed every T and dotted every I and shown up the way I need to show up and have still been hurt in relationships. And what I learned in these said relationships was that I cannot control anybody's actions. It doesn't matter the magnitude of the relationship. It doesn't matter how simple the relationship is. You cannot control anybody else's actions. And when I tell you that that is probably the most freeing thing that I've ever come to understand in life. I remember trying so hard to present myself a certain way, do certain things, be a certain person to make sure I didn't get my heart broken. And my heart still got broken. And I had to make up in my mind, only God can control the other individuals. But I have to move myself out of the equation of trying to make sure that they don't get a chance to hurt me. 
in marriage. Sometimes you may be presenting the best person. And that doesn't mean that that person may not wake up one day and get tempted and cheat on you. I'm not saying that it's okay or that it should happen or that it's right because it's not. But the truth of the matter is people have their own work that they're dealing through in their souls. And as long as you're trying to manage it for them, you're keeping yourself in a state where you are being tormented. Imagine being with a man who's a cheater. He's constantly cheating, you know, constantly just you know, running you through the mud and you're constantly changing yourself, trying to become this woman that he desires. You see that he likes light-skinned people, so you start bleaching your skin. You see that he likes women with bobs, so you start wearing your hair in a bob. You see he likes porn, so you start watching porns with him and doing threesomes. You see that he likes all of these different things and you're trying to become a conglomerate of women, not realizing he's the one with the problem. Like, he's the one with the unfaithful heart. He's the one who has no self-control. And you're running yourself ragged, trying to become all these different people in one person, trying to figure out why you don't have a sound mind because you're living a double-minded life, because you've taken on different personalities, different styles, different desires, different, you know, hobbies that you don't even like, all to keep someone happy, trying to keep him in a state of peace. But the fact that he's cheating shows that he's not in a state of peace because anyone who loves themselves is not going to be out here messing with multiple people. No matter how much society tries to make it seem like, oh, men just cheat and women don't. And if a man cheats, you know, it's not really a self-esteem thing. It's just, you know, more so that's just what men do. Men just have sex. Absolutely not. The Lord calls all of us to be faithful. So if a woman's cheating, she's broken. If a man's cheating, he's broken too. It doesn't matter. It doesn't apply. When we get before God, he's not going to be like, oh, yeah, you cheated, but you're a man, so I understand it's okay. Um, no, he's going to ask, why were you not able to be faithful to me? Why were you not able to keep your covenant? Why did you go behind your wife's back? So pay attention to those things. Even if you're not married yet and you're simply in a relationship, if someone cannot be just faithful to you and they need multiple women, that goes to show that his state or his soul is in a state of turmoil. He needs multiple things to be happy and to feel pleased. And getting married, get a, a ring, writing, you know, on your certificate, making a covenant before God is not going to change that. If he does not have a covenant keeping heart with God in his singleness, he's not going to have one with you in marriage. Just not. And when it comes to friendships, even like you can't be anybody's peace. You have friends that have a lot of needs. I used to have friends that had a lot of emotional needs from a child and up. And it was probably, what, two or three years ago where I made up in my mind, like, I'm not, heck no, I'm not trying to be anybody. I'm not trying to be anybody to anyone. Like, I'm Dale. Take it or leave it. I'll make the necessary adjustments that need to be made in order to make sure I'm giving my best self to a relationship. But I can't, if you have issues and you're insecure, I'm not about to downplay who I am to make you feel secure. If you're constantly comparing yourself, I'll remove myself from the equation. So all you have is to compare yourself to yourself or whoever else you find. If you think I'm too quiet and you're constantly, you're so used to talking, talking, talking because that shuts out all the noise going on in your life. I'm not about to just start saying whatever to make you feel comfortable. I'm not trying to be your peace. You have to jump into a relationship with peace. Nobody has the ability to be your peace. So even in friendships, you have to know your capacity and stop making apologies and excuses for it. 
Like, I am who I am. Will I do the work to better myself? Absolutely. If people bring things to my attention and say, hey, Dale, I feel like you've done this or I would really like if you could do this or you could do this better. Of course, I'll take it into account and I'll see where it applies. If it applies, I apply it. If it doesn't, I let it slide. I move on. But even in relationships, you just have to be really, really careful because sometimes you try to be peace to people. I was literally thinking about this a few days ago, how um, somebody was posting something that I didn't agree with. And at the time being, I was trying to keep peace in the relationship. So I didn't address what they said or counteract what they said. And the Lord was like, so you're not going to tell the truth because you're trying to keep peace in this friendship. And I had to say, okay. So I had to be honest and be like, listen, this, this, and this. And a lot of times we do that in friendships. We try to maintain peace by keeping our mouth shut. Anytime you're not free to speak the truth without fear of retaliation of a relationship being damaged or being destroyed or breaking or ending, there's bondage there in somebody. And I'm not saying you have to say everything that's on your mind. I'm not saying that you just have to lash out and do whatever. Of course, use wisdom. But if you can't tell the truth to the one that you're in a loving relationship with or building a relationship with, that that doesn't end well. Somebody's holding on to something, harboring something, and probably becoming very bitter. Trust me, I know. So some things that you can do in order to make sure you're not trying to be his peace or anybody's peace at all is set realistic expectations. An example of this is imagining you're in a relationship and your partner is going through a difficult time. It's very natural to want to be their source of comfort or peace, but it's imperative that you set realistic expectations. You can offer them love. You can be supporting, but you can't always fix other people's problems. That's one thing that I realize I tend to want to do is just fix the problem. And sometimes you have to allow people to be processed. So in setting realistic expectations, first of all, again, knowing that you're not God, you're not Holy Spirit Junior, you're not Jesus walking on water. You are a human being who has abilities, capacities, and you need to know what each relationship can take from you in a way that's not going to leave you depleted, drained, or, you know, in a tumultuous state. So this will really help you realize how to maintain your own emotional balance and how to prevent feelings of frustration and inadequacy. It also helps to cut that codependency. There's no reason in, you know, some relationships to have such a unhealthy dose of codependency. Like sometimes it's crazy. Okay, the next thing you can do is understand when you're in a toxic relationship. So toxic relationships can be incredibly draining. If you've been in one, then you know. Trying to be someone's peace in such a situation can be very damaging. It usually is very damaging. And for instance, if your partner is consistently belittling you or displaying controlling behavior, it's not your responsibility to change them or to be their emotional punching bag. So it's important that you recognize the toxicity of a relationship and set boundaries 
so that you're able to remain in a state of being loved, loving yourself and doing what's necessary to keep yourself in a state of peace. Make sure you're setting healthy boundaries. Practice self-care often. I'm not talking about just going to get your nails done, getting your hair done and stuff like that, but really get a counselor, exercise, journal, pursue hobbies that you actually like, do things that you like and not just things that they like to do because in that you can lose yourself so much. So make sure you have a good practice of self-care. Accept the fact that things are going to be imperfect sometimes. Understand, first of all, that nobody's perfect. You're not perfect. They're not perfect. Cool. And you can't control the actions of others, but embrace the imperfections in yourself and those around you with grace and understanding. Be merciful, but don't be stupid. Be intentional. Be wise. Know what's for you and what's not. Know how to handle situations. If you don't know, ask the Lord to show you what to do so that you are not dying in relationships. Sometimes you have to throw the towel in. Even in marriages, sometimes I'm not saying to divorce. I'm not saying that at all. But sometimes even in marriage, you have to say, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I can't. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm pulling my hand totally out of this and I'm showing up this way. And they may not like it because they're used to you showing up and, you know, as A, B, and C, but now you have to be X, Y, and Z because they have to get what they need from God. Be okay with that. Again, get some communication skills, enhance your communication skills so that you're properly able to express your needs and your feelings effectively. Have open and honest conversations and know that this can lead to better understanding and healthier relationships. Again, sometimes you have these conversations and it doesn't end well. Sometimes it ends up even better. Sometimes it gets a little broken up and then the relationship goes on the up and up. But don't be afraid to tell the truth. Don't be afraid to be honest. Do not be afraid to have those conversations because every relationship needs them. Again, let go of the need to control. Recognize that you cannot control the actions of anyone. This will free you from unnecessary stress and frustration. Lastly, practice self-reflection. Spend time with yourself. Periodically engage in self-reflection to assess your emotional well-being and the dynamics of your relationships. This definitely can help with making the necessary adjustments and maintaining your peace. Educate yourself about codependency, unhealthy versus healthy relationship dynamics, Understand these concepts and empower yourself to make more informed choices in your relationships. Two more, set realistic expectations. Avoid setting expectations that are not realistic for yourself or other people. Understand that everyone has their own limitations and their challenges, and you set up in your mind the standard of what you want to deal with and what you don't want to deal with, what you will do, what you won't do, what you'll give, what you won't give, what you'll receive, what you are going to reject. Be intentional with that. Know what you desire and know what you're not willing to put up with. And lastly, learn from your experiences. Reflect on past experiences where you have tried to be someone's peace and really sit with the outcome, like be honest with what the outcome was. Use these experiences as valuable lessons for personal growth and acceleration in your life. Be really intentional with learning from your experiences. A lot of times we go through things a lot more than we have to when we really don't even need to do that. The first time you get burnt by an iron or the stove, 
should be the last time you get burnt by an iron or a stove, unless the iron accidentally falls or you accidentally tap your hand on the stove when you're moving by. You shouldn't intentionally go towards something that's burning you every single time. You have to use wisdom. After a while, you want to be in these situations and relationships that are tearing you down. And if your soul is being gravitated towards such toxic relationships, you need to figure out why. Because a lot of times we can say, oh, I don't want to be in this. I don't want to be abused. I don't want to be in this type of relationship. But something in you does because you keep drawing the same type of person or you keep going back to what you know is breaking you. What in you is being drawn to that? What doors are open? Why is your soul crying out for such toxicity? What part of your soul is not yet healed? Be intentional with doing the work so that you're able to learn from your experiences and not living as a victim. Because a lot of times people who constantly go back to these said relationships, they live a very victimized life. You have to know that you're not a victim, but you're definitely victorious. And one thing I know is that in Jesus Christ, I am victorious and I will continue to make sure all of my life looks like victory. Sometimes it hurts, sometimes it's uncomfortable, but it's very necessary. So I want to thank you again for tuning in to this 12th episode. You can't be his peace. I hope you meet me here next week as I drop some keys to help you learn how to trust God with your heart. We are, you know, just really going to break open that scripture guarding your heart and really um, just helping you to be intentional with what it looks like to allow God to be the Lord over your life and really trusting him with the fragilities of who you are and who you've been designed to be. As always, I'm your host, Dale Pasco. Remember, you're too soft to be acting so hard. <laughs>